welcome. Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Year 2024, Year of the Dragon. How are you all doing? Oh my goodness. Did you all get fat? Please tell me you got fat. Please tell me you ate everything that you promised yourself that you would not eat on January 1st, 2023, and that you ate the shit out of it towards the end of 2023. Yes? Did you do this? Because I did. Because I I usually don't eat meat. Like this past year, I was pretty good at not eating meat. And then right around Christmas, I was like, I'm going to eat meat. I ate pork. I ate chicken. I ate beef. And boy, were they tasty. Oh, my mouth is watering right now. Did you guys get some presents? Did you guys get some nice Christmas presents? Nice Hanukkah gifts? Nice Kwanzaa presents? Did you guys get all the things that you wanted and that you asked for in the past year? And if you did not get them, do you think you'll get them this year? I think you will. I think you're gonna get it. Yes, I believe in you. I believe in miracles. I believe that our children are our future and you could teach them well and let them lead the way. I was listening to a lot of Whitney Houston during Christmas week. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a lot of Whitney Houston. I was dancing my ass off. That's something I just started doing. Just dancing my ass off and it feels really good. So if you're not dancing and if you're not singing, what are you doing? Live your life. Please dance. Please sing. Please scream. Please clap your hands. Please do whatever you want to do. Shake it all out. Yes. Don't let your body be rigid. There's no need to contain yourselves and be so conventional all the time. Be wild. Be crazy. Be out there. Be free. Be yourself. Be you. Let me plug my book, folks. If you don't know, uh, this year in... In April, on April 23rd of this year, my book, K-Drama School, is going to be available as a hardback. Yes, and as an audiobook. Yes, and as a Kindle. Yes, an ebook. All of those things. It will be available for purchase. In fact, it's available for purchase right now. You can go to Amazon.com. You can go to Barnes & Noble. You could just look it up. Grace Jung, K-Drama School book and it'll come up. You can go to my website, kdramaschool.com, and the link to order my book is right there. Pre-order it now. Why not? I mean, gift yourself the gift of K-Drama School and all the stuff that I have to say about it as Grace Jung, host of K-Drama School podcast, PhD in film and television studies. Why not? Hmm? Hmm? You guys, also, if you're not aware, I do have a Patreon. I do. I have a Patreon, K-Drama School. If you go to my K-Drama School Patreon, you will hear me talk about things besides Korean television content. That's right. I talk about movies. I talk about other TV shows made in the U.S., made in the U.K. I talk about SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh Uh-huh. And how deep and profound SpongeBob SquarePants is. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, on a spiritual level, on a deeply soulful level, SpongeBob SquarePants, I mean, it's up there. So, yeah, follow me on Patreon and you can donate, you can contribute, whether it be a dollar, whether it be $2, whether it be $89, whatever you want. But all of it counts. All of it matters. All of it helps 
keep this podcast going. So thank you if you are a Patreon member. I really appreciate you. And if you're not, then hey, join those guys. Join those fellows who are who are supporting me via Patreon. Folks, also, this is something I haven't offered before, but if you guys want a painting or a drawing, uh, let me know. Yeah, I do commission artwork, so you can visit my website, gracejungcomedy.com slash art, and you will see some of my paintings there. Mm-hmm. And I will be more than happy to speak to you all about, you know, prices, uh, materials, shipping and handling, and the content of the paintings too. Yeah, like, if I get to know you, then I can help make this artwork come alive. So we'll be dialoguing and it'll be like a whole thing. Maybe maybe that's something I'll I'll put on my Patreon. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Mm, see, new ideas coming into the fore as we talk. Yes, this is why we do this. This is why we talk because we learn more about ourselves. In any case, if you want to learn more about this option, email me info at kdramaschool.com. You guys, since it's the new year and I haven't done this Last year, I'm going to do it now. The top five K-dramas of the year 2023. Let's go, okay? Why not? Number five, Bloodhounds. What an amazing show. It's like the perfect blend of agro-masculinity with the whole tenacious, soft-hearted human goodness. I mean, it's like the perfect melding of those two things and there are two male protagonists. Like, is this a boy love BL genre? I don't know, because it's also very homoerotic. It is. I'm not into the whole BL genre, but like, if it's like this, I will watch all of it. Yeah, Bloodhounds was a really good show. I especially appreciated the fact that Kim Se-ron is in that show, playing a pretty strong female character. Number four, King the Land. This was just like the perfect rom-com of 2023. It had all the elements of a great rom-com, brilliant chemistry between Yuna and Yi Jun-ho. Holy shit, really good, very talented actors, really hilarious comedic timing. Again, excellent chemistry. Yeah, I feel like the two of those should actually date in real life because their chemistry is like mm, really good. Perfect rom-com. Very funny, and I was laughing the whole time. Number three, Mask Girl. Uh-huh, yes, I already covered this show. It's a radically punk thriller feminist show, and it's a very original concept. I haven't seen a show like this in Korean drama history before. It's very unique, bizarre twists and turns. If I were to compare this to any other show that I've seen on Netflix, I would say it's close to the show Somebody. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's got some similar aspects of that, like the grit and darkness, like the neo-noir feel, but with female protagonists. And I, I loved it because I genuinely could not predict what was going to happen next on that show. Yeah. And a lot of K-dramas, because I've been watching them for like over 30 years, I can kind of predict what's going to happen next. But with this, no prediction. It's just like everything is a surprise and it's crazy and it was super fun. So Mask Girl, really good show. Number two, Behind Your Touch. This was a weird one and it was so funny because 
Hanjimin? Oh my God. Like, who knew that Hanjimin is a comedic genius? I mean, she's brilliant. She needs to go more zany, more wild, and do more comedic roles. That's what I say.、Mm-hmm. Behind Your Touch, it's about, it's about a, a veterinarian who touches animals' asses and can see what the animals saw. And she can also touch human beings' asses and see what, whatever they saw in their past. And that's, that's, a, that's a ridiculously funny camp premise. What's not to love? Yeah, Behind Your Touch, amazing show. Number one, my favorite show of the year 2023 is Boyhood. Incredibly original. It's such a fun, pleasurable show to watch. It's got this thick regional dialect and it's brilliant at homing in on idiosyncrasies. And it's just like, it's amazing, you know? Like, how do you depict. You know, poverty stricken farm town teenage boys living in the 80s in Korea. How do we do this? And this show does it. And it's, I really, I have to, I have to give this absolute praise. And this is the show I'll be covering today. So let's get into it. Boyhood was written by Kim Jae Hwan. I don't know what other work he's done. I was looking up like his filmography. I was looking up like what he's done. There's nothing. There was nothing on the internet. Maybe, maybe I missed something, but Kim Jae Hwan is also a very common Korean name. So, like, all these other Kim Jae Hwans are popping up. In any case, I don't know who wrote it, but this dude, he's. A really good writer, excellent writer, and I think he should write more shows. Boyhood is directed by Yi Myungwoo, who directed One Ordinary Day, Fashion King, and You're All Surrounded. And the protagonist, Chang Byungtae, is played by the amazing Im Shiwan. I have to stop here and say that I think Im Shiwan is currently the best living actor in the world. That's right. I'm going there. He is a genius. When I first saw Im Shiwan in Mi Seng, I didn't think very much of him. I was like, he's not that handsome. He doesn't have this like charm about him. I thought he was just like okay, if not bland. But then I saw Im Shiwan's range when he does other. Films and TV shows. Like, I saw the film Emergency Declaration, and he is so good at playing a sick psychopathic terrorist killer. Like, he was amazing at that. And then later, he played a completely different role in Summer Strike, back to being like this introverted weirdo. And he was so good at that. And now he's in boyhood, and he's playing this teenager who gets his ass whooped. Just constantly nonstop bullied, and he has this thick South Chungcheon Province dialect that is so hilarious and pleasant for me to listen to. And like, I can't even. Im Shiwan wasn't, he, he's not from Chungcheon Province, he's from Busan. So that's Gyeongnam, that's Gyeongnam, and that's where I'm from. And so, like, I grew up with a thick Gyeongsangnamdo. Dialect, just like my parents. But Im Shiwan changes that dialect and he adapts to this, you know, Chungcheon Province dialect and he's so good at it. I was just like blown away by this guy. FYI, Im Shiwan is in the second season of Squid Game. It's the, the release date is still TBA, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Squid Game 2 just because Im Shiwan is in it. 
that's really truly the only reason why I'm going to be into that. Boyhood is a Kupang Play web series, and I must say, Kupang Play has been releasing some excellent original shows lately. Like last year, they released Anna, which I covered this year or this past year, and Anna's such a good show, like an amazing show. And then they produced One Ordinary Day, which Lee Myung Woo also directed, and that show. Was not a very good show, in my personal opinion. It's like very disjointed. It does experiment with some interesting topics, but not in a cohesive or balanced way. There's still some like weird shame, guilt thing around drugs that that's like complicating the matter. Anyway, I think the director Lee Myung Woo really hit his stride with this one with Boyhood. Like Boyhood, he was amazing in that. Boyhood hit home for me for several reasons. For one, I love the music. The band Norajo, they're these like two male duos, and they're like combining rock with rap and pansori in the opening credits. The song is called Ipansapan. It is so good, like excellent. It's really good at capturing that like, I don't know, that like fun you know, playful high school teenage boy feeling, you know, in, in Korea. Like, it, it's got this, like, cultural fabric to it that I really love. And then the ballad track on the show, which is entitled Take Me Home, is sung by our protagonist, Im Shiwan. He's the one that sings it, and it's beautiful. And then there's the other song, When I Was Young which is sung by Munan, and it's also really, really good. Very bouncy, poignant, sweet, conjuring the 1980s nostalgia. It's a delight. So the soundtrack on Boyhood was really remarkable. By the way, the show is set in the year 1989, but the top dog bully, Kyungtae, he carries a Von Dutch duffel bag, that red bag, which wasn't around in the 80s. Yeah, I had to do some research. I was like, Von Dutch, like that's like more like a millennial thing. And um, I think the message there is that uh, we millennials are so fucking old that we might as well assume that all of our brands were made um, in the 80s. Yeah, and that and that's cool. That's fine. I don't mind that so much. Boyhood represents femininity in a really interesting way, but it's also fairly typical. Like I've seen this in a lot of Korean films and TV shows. You always have the pretty, quiet, demure, shallow girl. And then the polar opposite of her is supposed to be the rough around the edges, aggro, viciously independent chick who is also domineering and good at fighting. And Ji Young is that character, played by Yi Sun Bin. And Kang Hye Won plays Hun Ha, the girl that Pyong Tae and all the other boys love. But I really love Ji Young's character. She's got strength and integrity, she's loyal. Whereas Hun Ha is a complete, you know, like shallow, sleepy chick. She's not awoke at all. And she doesn't know who she is, she doesn't know what she wants. Hun Ha is a lost girl girl. She's only interested in wanting to be near somebody who has power so that she could take the spoils. So Ji Young and Pyong Tae are childhood friends and Ji Young used to be Pyong Tae's protector because Pyong Tae was getting his ass whooped like since he was a little kid. And Ji Young was like the town vigilante. She would go after other high school girls who bully little kids and she would go and like whoop their asses. Yeah, And Pyong Tae He's on the other side of that spectrum. He just sits and takes the beatings. And then he says this like 
time and time again throughout the show. He's just sitting there after he gets his ass whooped, and he sits there and says, "Life is so hard. Oh boy, life is really hard. How am I gonna live?" Like that's all he says over and over again. He doesn't take any action; just kind of sits there, sulks, frozen, and it's like. It's really it's it's a bit frustrating to watch. Even though my heart goes to him, it's also very frustrating to watch because he sighs and cries like so much. The bullies at Pyeongtae's high school, they beat kids up for a really ridiculous reason. They beat up kids for money. Yeah, so like it just shows how ridiculous this notion of bullying is. Um, they beat up kids to steal their Adidas sneakers. This is another interesting aspect of the show. It reveals that power-hungry people go after the weak simply because they have power. It's all it is. Like power just wants more power. Power doesn't have any real logic or sense behind it because power is driven by ego, and ego is completely irrational. And ego is a bottomless pit. So, the show, I feel like. Boyhood's primary theme is about exposing the arbitrary nature of power and how fluid it can be among those who seek it. So when Pyeongtae gets mixed up with Kyungtae, right? Kyungtae is like the good fighter that all the boys at his new high school like are supposed to be afraid of. They all mix up Kyungtae and Pyeongtae. So Kyungtae is at the hospital because Pyeongtae accidentally headbutted him, and then everybody thinks Pyeongtae is the Ashan White Tiger. <laughs> When it's actually Pyeongtae, so everybody assumes that that's who Pyeongtae is, and then they just like they just start praising him. They just start following Pyeongtae around. But Pyeongtae tries to use his power for good. He tries to promote the notion that it's unnecessary to hit people, that everybody should just get along. It's better to just be friends. And the bullies initially go with that. They just listen to their head honcho. They're like, "Oh, like he's got a new philosophy about living life. Maybe this is better." And they go after that. And Pyeongtae, on the other hand, he also luxuriates in his newfound power. He certainly does. Like he he can't make sense of the reason why he used to get bullied all the time, but he also can't make sense of the why the reason why he suddenly has all this power overnight. Like he just really can't understand it because Pyeongtae doesn't have. A sick, demented ego that is power hungry, in in from an insecure kind of place. So the show is really great at satirizing the absurdity of bullying and how it makes absolutely no sense. Just like war makes no sense. Just like arbitrary violence is senseless. So the show demonstrates that bullying is actually a performance. The way Pyeongtae just assumes the role of the head honcho bully. Even though he doesn't really hit anybody, not unless he's provoked, and then he just like has some couple of flukes and he wins. And then Kyungtae as well, he's also assuming the role of a bully. He can't remember like who and what he was, so he's actually really nice and like well-rounded, and he's like friends with Kyungtae and the other kids initially. But then once he gets his memory back and he remembers that he himself is actually the Ashan White Tiger. His personality changes completely. It makes a complete turn, one eighty. It shows his split personality, and the bully role that he assumes is like absolutely a performance. You just see that very clearly. It's fascinating how quickly Pyeongtae's power dissipates in a flash when Pyeongtae gets his memory back. 
all of Pyeongtae's stooges immediately abandon him and go straight to Pyeongtae. And that includes Sunhwa. Yeah, that fucking bitch. The scene of Pyeongtae crying at the river while holding the photo of Sunhwa in his hand is like the most beautiful, heartbreaking, pitiful, and hilarious scene I have ever seen in K-drama history. I, I feel like nobody else could have pulled that off except Im Shiwan. Truly, it is so impossibly human and layered and contains both humor and heartbreak and, and madness <laughs> and compassion. It's got all of it in there. And I just love that scene. It made me love Im Shiwan even more. I think boyhood also takes a jab at the Korean government in a really interesting way. And of course, like a very indirect sort of way. It not only takes a jab at the Korean government, but all of patriarchy, really. I mean, this is a show that was written and directed by men. And it's, you know, featuring boys. But this is really kind of a feminist show. Yeah, the scene after Kyungtae assumes power as the Asan White Tiger in the new school, when all the boys go to eat jajangmyeon together, he's sitting at the head of the table while all the boys are sitting in a row facing one another, like, you know, with their hands down and their heads a little bowed. And that's that's the kind of scene that you see at, like, the Korean president's table or any Korean, like, male, you know, homosocial setting. Like, you know, Korean gangsters, they all sit like that and eat like that. They treat their leader like a god. You also see it in like any patriarchal setting where there's like the strongest person or the wealthiest person or the person with the most political influence. And they're all treated like kings. And and all the stooges sit around them with their heads lowered and bowed, pouring them drinks, you know, like bringing them money or bribes or goods, kissing ass, cowering. It's a very common sight in a lot of Korean settings that have a political sort of underpinning. Oh, if you guys haven't seen that movie, it's it's not the best film, but like this movie, I think it's Asura. That film really shows how absurd the fluidity of power can be. How like people just change like on a dime when they realize that somebody else has power. It's it's a really fascinating film. Examining that very concept. Kyungtae eventually learns how ridiculous his role as a bully is when he asks Sona why she likes him. And then Sona's response is because she likes the spoils. She doesn't say anything lovely about Kyungtae himself. You know, it, whether it's Kyungtae or Pyeongtae, it doesn't matter to her. What matters to her is who is going to protect her, who is going to be there for her, who is going to buy her stuff. That's the only thing that she's after. And just like Kyungtae simply likes Hana because of her good looks, she likes Kyungtae just because he's a good fighter. So like attracts like. And Kyungtae realizes how absurdly shallow and stupid his lot is in that moment. There's one amazing scene that I really applaud director Lee Myung-woo for, and it's when Pyeongtae and Ho-suk are sitting in the classroom and they communicate to each other via sign language. And it's not real sign language. They're just like making up their own hand gestures and face gestures. But it's a very innovative scene where they use voiceover narration as the boys use their own unique, you know, finger play, like as they're communicating. And they completely understand what the other is saying. And this reminded me of a scene in Annie Hall when the two characters are talking to each other, but there are subtitles right below 
that is exposing their real thoughts. So I thought that scene was really done remarkably in Boyhood. There's a bully stooge who goes by the nickname Johnny Yoon. And that I was like, okay, this makes me love the show even more. Because this is not only a local Korean reference, because Johnny Yoon was like a hero in South Korea. He established the whole talk show concept in South Korea in the late 80s. And he's like a big deal. Yeah. And he was a big deal in America, too, in the 70s and early 80s. He was on the Johnny Carson show a bunch of times. He had his own pilots at NBC. And he was a comedian. He was an opera singer. He was an actor. He was a writer director. Yes, he made the film They Call Me Bruce, which is a really weird and fantastic show. I mean, a fantastic film. If you want to learn more about Johnny Yoon, you can visit my YouTube page at Grace Jung Comedy. And I have this whole uh, history lesson on Johnny Yoon while I'm completely drunk on soju. Yeah, I made that back in the year 2020 when I was still drinking. So back to boyhood, the character Ji Young, she eventually trains her her friend Pyeong in this like Rocky Balboa style. And Pyeong becomes this anti-bully vigilante wearing a luchador mask. Yeah. And he goes around town beating up the bullies. It's incredible. Those scenes are amazing. Super empowering. By the way, if you have seen this show and if you couldn't guess it, I'm about a thousand percent sure that this show was sponsored by Chapagetti. <laughs> Jabagetti is a nongshim ramyeon that is like an instant version of jajangmyeon. And oh my god, while watching this show, my mouth was watering so fucking much. Like I had to literally pause and like leave the room at times because it made me crave jajangmyeon so badly. I thought it was genius how the show has scenes of the kids eating real jajangmyeon. And that makes you want to eat jajangmyeon. But then you can't because, you know, jajangmyeon is like a whole ordeal. Like, especially in L.A., I have to, like, drive somewhere and get it. And so it makes me crave jajangmyeon, right? And then right thereafter, they show scenes of kids eating japagetti, which is the instant ramen version of jajangmyeon. So that I could just get at a supermarket. And so, like, that? I, I was like, this is some genius embedded marketing moves. I, I, I got to credit them. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with it. You know, like on on like a fundamental anti-capitalist level. But I really thought the embedded marketing move here as a media text, I thought that was genius because it was definitely provoking my sensory spots. Yeah. I think the essential closing message of boyhood is that bullies need to be fought back. You can't negotiate with bullies Because bullies have no heart. When the ego is as massive as it is, you have to fight fire with fire. It's just impossible. You have to fight them back. And Pyeongtae ultimately does beat Pyeongtae up. But when it comes to destroying Pyeongtae's hand, which is his fist, he just couldn't do it. And the reason why is because Pyeongtae is different. Pyeongtae is not like Pyeongtae. Pyeongtae actually has a heart. Bullies are meant to be overcome, not feared for the rest of your life. You have to overcome your bullies. And the only language that bullies know is getting bullied back. And you just got to like clap back and be like, hey, yeah, no, I'm not going to put up with it. Mm." And just push back. 
push back or sever because living with that, right? The way Pyeongtae was doing, you know, like living with it and every day saying, how am I supposed to live this way? Why is my life like this? That, that is the illness. Just know that like, you're not, you, you don't deserve to be bullied by anybody. You don't deserve to be abused by anybody, no matter what. The sequences of these bullies getting their asses whooped was actually really satisfying to watch. So if you don't want to, you know, assert yourself, then at least just watch those scenes because I think it'll do something for you. In any case, those are the reasons why I love the show. Those are the reasons why I love Boyhood. And if you haven't seen it yet, then you heard it from me. I declare Boyhood to be my favorite K-drama of the year 2023 and all hail Im Shiwan, the greatest living actor of our era, not just in Korea, but in the world. So look out Hollywood. 